Brave buys a search engine, and more coming up on today's episode of the latest in tech news. Hey, Gadget here. You're just in time for the latest episode of the world's fastest growing show on tech and gadget news. That's right, this is the latest in tech news. My name is Taylor Merrick, and uh, I got an interesting lineup for you guys today when it comes to news. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to let everybody know that you have a shot at winning an Amazon gift card worth $50. Um, details are in the show notes or over at technewsgadget.net for you to enter. It's very simple. Just leave a review of this show and you are entered in the drawing. More details are in the show notes, as I said, or at technewsgadget.net. The time to enter expires on March 15th. So make sure you get your entries in before then. So what do we have lined up for today? Well, we have the uh, Brave browser people bought a search engine, which is kind of interesting. Um, We also have photographs of a glow-in-the-dark shark. Uh, So that's kind of interesting. We'll be taking a look at that. We'll also be taking a look at Google to stop selling ads based on your specific web browsing. And it's it's it draws some interesting implications from it and other kind of news that I feel is relevant to at least discuss on a higher level. Uh, so we'll be covering that. We'll also be taking a look at Sony's latest patent uses a banana as a PlayStation 5 controller. And finally, we'll be taking a look at the latest graphics card launched from AMD specifically for the gaming market. So with that said, let's hop on over to today's feature article. All right, so today's first article comes to us from Android Police, and the title says, The Brave Browser People Bought Search Engine. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, well, what is Brave? Brave is a desktop and mobile browser based on Chromium code, um, but it's very much privacy-oriented. Matter of fact, it's one of the browsers uh, gaining the quickest amount of steam um, and a lot of user base very fast simply because they block ads all the time. And for you, privacy is number one um, for both you and them. So the actually, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Brave, and it will remind you to a lot of extent about Chrome, about Microsoft Edge. It's based on this very similar um, framework called the Chromium Code uh, but I don't know. It Braves just seems simple. But they went and they purchased a uh, search engine. Um, as it says here in the article, it stated mission of protecting privacy and blocking malicious advertising resonates with a lot of users, particularly those who are growing weary of Google's track record on both. Braves' latest move is an acquisition of Tailcat, a small open source engine out of Europe. The rebranded Brave Search will be the result. Brave's introductory posts list a set of tenants focusing on privacy, a lack of targeted advertising, and a transparency for the algorithm. That last one is crucial, contrasting with the black box that is Google's search algorithm and the problematic links it has with the company's advertising and services. And the search engine team published an academic-ish paper outlining its goals. They include a system of complex filters called goggles provided by independent sources, both corporate and private, 
Essentially, users would be able to choose from a variety of modifiers that would change how the algorithm ranks content seen behind the curtain at every step. Other features of the upcoming search engine include a paid ad-free option, open access to the engine for other platforms and search engines, and of course, deep integration with the Brave browser itself. The most interesting parts of Brave search don't exist yet, and as of today, Tailcat isn't operating either. Right now, Brave is offering a sign-up page and a waitlist. There's no indication of when Brave search will be available, either in a limited capacity or to the public, but knowing Brave... Uh, they're usually working hard behind the scenes on it, and it will be rolling out uh, soon, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. So if you're looking for an option for a search engine and a search browser, Brave might be the way to go if you are uh, privacy first oriented. All right, moving right along. Uh, we have photographs of a glow-in-the-dark shark that we're looking at right now on screen, but if you want to take advantage of that, you have to be a Patreon member um, and, and support this show. Um, for mere dollars a month, I'll say, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash technewsgadget and uh, support us there. You also get some cool perks such as like uh, stickers, uh, a, a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a hoodie, um, a long sleeve shirt. You know, the, the list is endless. So um, that and you get access to a community that and uh, you get to see the video of today's show. So details are at patreon.com forward slash tech news gadget. Details are in the show notes as well. But Jaws and Pals just up the ante. Scientists recently snapped images of three species of sharks living in a Pacific Ocean off of New Zealand that glow in the dark. The species aren't new, but this is the first time their luminescence has been photographed, according to a study published in Frontiers in Marine Science. Scientists from the University Catholic Ulevan in Belgium and the National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research in New Zealand focus on the kite fin shark, the black belly lantern shark, and the southern lantern shark. The kite fin shark is now known to be the largest known luminous vertebrae and can grow to a length of almost six feet long. It mostly eats other sharks, including its fellow study topic, lantern sharks. Uh, and that's really all they say outside of them being bioluminescent, meaning they produce their own light. And they need it as they live in the ocean's twilight zone, which is down about 656 to 3,200 feet uh, or 200 to 1,000 meters below the surface. So they're definitely down there, but it's, it's kind of kind of interesting. I didn't know sharks glue, glue in the dark. Glowed. Wow. My English is just getting better as the time goes on. Anyways, if you uh, are interested in that, I do have a link in the show notes for you guys as well to take a look. All right, moving on to our next article. And by the way, if you're wondering, yes, this show is available as a podcast. If you're tuning in on the website um, or if you're on the go, just head on over to latestintechnews.com or pop open the podcast app of your choice. Type in the name of the podcast and we should show up there in the results. We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, you name it, we're there. Um, just when you're there, be sure to leave a review on the show and uh, hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the latest because that we bring news to you every single weekday, except for Saturdays and Sundays because those are weekends 
And that's anyways, Google will be stopping selling ads based on your specific web browsing um Citing privacy concerns, Google says it won't use technologies that track individuals across multiple websites. See, this is where uh, the funny intricacies of privacy and not privacy and then Apple and Epic Games and Apple and Facebook and all of this stuff all comes together in this big, hilarious explosion of a mess. Um, because it's like, well, do we focus on privacy? Do we not focus on privacy? How how important is it? Should we take it to a degree of importance? And Apple goes, you know what? We don't have a problem with privacy. It's all private. And everybody goes, oh, like, oh okay, that's great. And then everybody goes to like Google and Facebook, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine, whatever. It just uh, We'll just track everything. And they go, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of offended by that. And then there's you, the end user, who are like, okay, so what am I exactly supposed to be concerned and not concerned about? And and then everybody's degree of what they feel comfortable sharing and not sharing varies widely, like crazy wildly. Like I'm on the fence of, you know, outside of like bank account information, social security numbers, you know, things that should be private um, being public. Uh, I don't really mind much about my search history or, or, or my interest levels on things and what I'm interested in and not in because that's kind of what I'm interested in and what I'd either A, go out and deliberately search for or I would prefer to have recommended to me. That way it kind of eases my suffering of having to spend tedious hours searching through novels of books just to find what I'm looking for. Right. I mean, it, there's some kind of balance there. But um, really, the, do I have to now say that my data, my my interest data, is private, and you have to pay for me to use it? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's I'm still on the fence about it. I'm not sure where you stand on privacy or not privacy, and how important that is to you or not. But uh, I'd love to continue the conversation in the comment section uh, or on our Patreon uh, or Discord pages but uh, google will be stopping selling ads based on your specific web browsing um a change that could hasten upheaval in the digital advertising industry you see for google specifically alphabet inc the, the parent company that kind of hinges on like everything that they do like the reason google took off and just smoked everybody else out is because they had all of these cookies and interest-based ads and, and tracking, and they could they could see what you're doing and not doing and interested in and not interested in pretty quickly and serve ads accordingly. And it got they got really, 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 really good at it. And now they're gonna have to like completely throw that model out the window. What are they gonna do next? I mean, then begs the question, are they actually going to toss it out completely in favor of privacy? And then figure out something else or are they only going to tell you as much to make you feel comfortable while still collecting tons of information behind the scenes i don't know the alphabet inc company said wednesday that it plans next year to stop using or investing in tracking technologies that uniquely identify web users as they move from site to site across the internet decision coming from the world's biggest digital track advertising company could help push the industry away 
from the use of such individualized tracking, which has come under increasing criticism from privacy advocates and faces scrutiny from regulators. Google's heft means a change could reshape the digital ad business, where many companies rely on tracking individuals to target their ads, measure the ad's effectiveness, and stop fraud. Google accounted for 52% of last year's global digital ad spend of $292 billion, according to Johns Media Digital Ad Consultancy. About 40% of the money that flows from internet or advertisers to publishers on the open internet, meaning digital advertising outside of closed systems such as Google Search, YouTube, or Facebook, goes through Google's ad buying tools, according to Jounce. If digital advertising doesn't evolve to address the growing concerns people have about their privacy and how their personal identity is being used, we risk the future of the free and open web. David Temkin, the Google product manager leading the change, said in a blog post Wednesday. Google had already announced last year that in 2022, it would remove the most widely used such tracking technology called third-party cookies. But now the company is saying it won't build alternative tracking technologies or use those being developed by other entities for its own ad buying tools to replace third-party cookies. Instead, Google says it will use new technologies that has been developing with others in what it calls a privacy sandbox to target ads without collecting information about individuals from multiple websites. One such technology analyzes users' browsing habits on their devices and allows advertisers to target aggregated groups of users with similar interests or cohorts rather than individual users. Uh, I don't know. Something sounds a little bit weird about that. Um, That's just me personally. Um, Google said in January that it plans to begin open testing of ad buying using that technology in the second quarter. So uh, I guess the article goes on to explain some things, benefits, um, good, bad, and otherwise things with Apple, things with Facebook. I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to have a discussion on this because I feel like this is something that is relevant enough to have a discussion on because I feel like some people don't know what they should know and then some people just don't know anything, period. And then some people know maybe too much and maybe need to like reel back a little bit and, and think like exactly how important is it because do I want to be part of an aggregated group now or am I fine just being targeted as an individual because of my individual interests and likes? I mean, I thought that was the point of the internet. I mean, we're not advertising to blobs of people. Then you just get stuck in like the whole television, radio, um, newspaper market. And then once everybody leaves that, it, I don't know. It gets really weird. So anyways, I won't bore you with the details, uh, but it is interesting and something to think about. So I'll leave you with that. All right, moving on to some interesting gadget news. Sony's latest patent application, a banana PlayStation controller. Congrats. We have it right here on the screen for you. No, I'm kidding. It's actually, (sighs) what are you doing, Sony? (laughs) It's not just a a banana. Um, Sony Interactive entertainment has filed a patent application to use a banana for a playstation controller um you know what you're thinking but it's not the weird controller that somebody tested out that just looks weird it looks like a boomerang um (laughs) it it was a weird playstation 3 design for a controller the patent is actually for a method that turns a non-luminous passive object being held by a user into a controller, recognizing virtual buttons locations on it with a banana used as the illustrated example. So here's the idea. It could conceivably work with anything in a user's hands, whether a coffee mug, a book, package of cold cuts, um, 
It would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral, says the patent application. In the example Sony provides, players could hold one or two bananas, oranges, or other inanimate objects and move them about, effectively using them as one or two analog sticks. In another illustration, virtual buttons are mapped onto the banana, which su- suggests a virtual reality headset might be involved too. Um, this is kind of interesting. Um, this all sounds something like Dylan Rudisenbeck would just love. He's a Twitch streamer who plays games wrong using silly objects or costumes as a controller. In fact, he's actually literally played Overwatch using a dozen bananas. Actually, quite funny to watch. But still, it's important to remember this is a patent application, which doesn't mean there's a finished product or even plans for one. They're just kind of in the idea stage. Next would come the prototype stage if it went to anything further. But it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, could anything be a controller? Um, I mean, or or should we just worry about having a controller? Because the, the PlayStation 5 controller seems to be having enough problems of its own actually just doing what it's supposed to. Um, same as, like, the Nintendo Switch had problems with their Joy-Cons uh, drifting. Um, it's almost like, can we just, like, fix the technology that you have with existing controllers before, like, starting out new ideas? But I, I kind of get the idea. Interesting concept. All right, on to our final article for today. By the way, if you guys are interested, everything that we discussed today is over at technewsgadget.net, or you can find it in the show notes for today's episode if you're listening via your podcast app. All you have to do is get more details, or if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, simply swipe up, and uh, you can get all the article details, tap away to your heart's content on whichever article you want to read more on, and... uh, enjoy it's kind of a feature that i uh bring to this show for you guys is that i know uh i cover all the articles from all over the place on the internet but uh i'd like for you guys to be able to have direct access as well um just common courtesy and i figure you guys benefit from it anyway so amd is launching a new graphics card for the gaming market here's what you need to know um they've been riding on product momentum in recent years and Wednesday announced a new graphics card. Um, It officially launched its Radon RX 6700 XT graphics card in a bid to capitalize on a strong demand from the gaming market. The new video card is designed to provide exceptional performance, stunningly vivid visuals, and advanced software features. To redefine 1440p resolution gaming, the company said in a statement, this uh, graphics card is hitting the sweet spot for 10... or 10... 1440p gaming for most gamers still playing on three to four year old graphics card it is the perfect upgrade solution designed to deliver incredible visuals and no compromises high refresh 1440p gaming performance at maximum settings said scott herkelman a graphics business unit executive at amd so here's the specs the rx 6700 xt is based on the r dna2 gaming architecture it has 96 megabytes of high performance amd infinity cache 12 gigs of high speed gddr6 memory amd smart access memory among other elements the new graphics card can deliver up to two times higher gaming performance in select titles compared to the current installed base of older generation cards the company said the Radon RX 6700 XT cards will be available for purchase from its websites, its board partners, and e-tailers and retailers beginning on March 18th. It is priced at $479 US. So, 
if you are interested in it, they do have more details on that, but eh, it's going to be nice to finally have like a nice upgrade to a couple-year-old graphics card and, and something running decent enough, um, ooh, and in very short order, too. So I'm excited. Are you excited? Um, links for that are in the show notes. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the latest in tech news. Thanks for tuning in. The latest in tech news can be found on every major podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review and sharing this episode with a friend. Don't forget about that $50 Amazon gift card shot that you guys have. Details are in the show notes or over at technewsgadget.net. Entries close on March 15th. Also, double-check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host, Taylor Merrick, and remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.